0: You are here for a reason. Breaking down the brotherhood, one prayer at a time.
1: Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion, get the truth. Get the news.
0: You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. And yes, you are here for a reason. News, views, opinions, and attitudes. But today we're doing something a little bit different, Christy. Uh, Today I think is a really important interview that we have lined up. Because there is a scourge on this earth. And there's very few people doing about it. But, th- you know, through the grace of God, we have found some people who actually got up and started doing something and are making a pretty big difference.
2: Yes, absolutely, Jeff. And I can't wait for my personal family and friends to hear about this because it is in my own former backyard where I grew up in Georgia.
0: And what what is it about Georgia? Georgia that we've had this georgia focus lately
2: jeff it's my understanding from candace taylor and many other interviews she told us that georgia was the trafficking center of the world and that we were going to find out so much about georgia the georgia guidestones were there um I've said it a thousand times and I'll say it again. It's the busiest airport in the entire world. And why? Because people in Georgia, some of them don't even go anywhere, Jeff. They've never even been out of the state.
0: (laughs) So true. And by the way, I plan on coming to Georgia in about a month's time. So uh, pray the Lord goes before me there and we have some divine appointments set up. Uh, Listen, without further ado, uh, the ministry is Warrior Bride Ministries. They are located in Georgia, and they work with, well, a lot of people call them survivors or SRA, uh, but I call them overcomers because through Christ, all things are possible. And the only real healing uh, from something like this, in my estimation, I'm not an expert, is through Christ and through ministry, and we're going to find out a lot more about it. So without further ado, uh, please welcome Kelly, who is the founder, and Brandy, who is the ministry coordinator. Kelly is on the right in the blue shirt for those of you watching, and and for those of you listening, it doesn't really matter, but Brandy is on the left. (laughs) Welcome to Right On Radio. Thank you so much for being here.
3: Thank you for having us. Thank you.
0: So, just as we discussed uh, just prior to coming on air, I think we just want to start right there, uh, Brand or Kelly. You're, you are the founder of the this ministry, and I guess it's just a logical place for people to understand the foundations of how this came about for you. Correct. Okay.
3: Well, I'm an overcomer as well. Um, I was a survivor of sexual sexual abuse um, the, the first one I remember was around eight years old I'm not so sure there wasn't some prior to that but the one I remember was eight years old that kind of kicked it off um, from there it's when that happens it kind of sets your life in a course um, that wasn't exactly what the Lord intended And um, it seemed like every time I turned around, somebody was trying to sexually abuse me. It was almost as if I had a spirit put on me. And from there, once I got older, not even older, but to a point where I wanted to try to take control so I wouldn't be um, abused, I started turning to everything possible other than the Lord because I didn't know he was the answer to try to fill those wounds. Um, And some of the things looked really good, like a lot of times when you're a workaholic or you're going for perfectionism, that's because you're trying to take care of a wound. But I also turned to drugs and men and all those things. I really tried, I think, everything (laughs) to try to take care of that wound, that hole in my heart. Um, But eventually it took me a while, but eventually the Lord showed me that he was the answer. And once he did, he took me on a journey of sanctification and then planted me to start serving. And um, I served in a lot of areas, but where I really, what really stuck with me is I served for about 10 years uh, ministering to the sexually abused. And one of the biggest aspects that we would do with that was healing weekends where people would come and we would have um, just these these weekends where we um, tried to show them their worth and tried to deal with different things. Um, And the Lord was able to move with whatever he wanted to do in that weekend. And we did other things as well. But when that came to a close after 10 years, um, the people kept coming, but there was no place to take them. Um, So I started meeting with people in parking lots and parks and cars and sneaking in church prayer rooms. Nobody felt like they wanted to take that segment on I tried to go to different places to see if they would, um, and not that somebody else. And just wouldn't. to be
0: specific, you went to a lot of different churches and congregations, and they didn't want to help, or they felt they couldn't facilitate helping uh, abused people.
3: Yeah, some of the comments were, um, we're not equipped for that, uh, we can't do everything, you know, and I'm sure there's some out there that are, but just in general, that's what I was finding so eventually the lord um led me to get an office and i got it was like 267 square feet or so and the people just were coming in droves nonstop. i was so busy and then um and then he led me to get a bigger space and then a bigger space because he has big plans (laughs) and so the the uh the initial focus was um very spiritual and getting to the root root of it which it still is but the Lord has uh, led us to evolve into dealing with the mind, body, spirit, soul, the emotional, uh, the physical, and the spiritual. So we've become almost like a, a spiritual hospital in ways.
0: Amen. And, and so, Brandy, you kind of were involved in this as well. You were, well, tell tell your story. I don't want to put words in your mouth.
4: Okay. I am um, from Georgia. I was born and raised here. And um, I was sexually abused as a child um, a few times. Um, and like Kelly said, that that leads you on a path that it's almost like a magnet for it to continue to happen. And um, after my second marriage, I ended up in drug addiction in the Fulton industrial area, hanging out in strip clubs and selling drugs. And um was lost in that world for many many years and when the father brought me out of that he um aligned me with a ministry that was actually ministering in the fulton industrial area to the prostitutes and stuff down there and so it was like a full circle in my life where i had been in the darkness and now he's taking me back as the light but in that It wasn't where, it wasn't the it that I was looking for. Like it wasn't that calling. It didn't fulfill the the need that the father had given me. It was only the beginning because I kept, you know, they would rescue the women. They would get them off drugs. And then what? There was like this missing link in the chain of healing. Like you go through and you rescue them, you get them cleaned up and all that. But you can't just put them back in the world like they were. Because they're going to end up either reexploited, they're going to end up back in the same situation. So for you know eleven or twelve years, I've been praying. Okay, now what now? What now? What's the next step? And so um, he started bringing in survivors of SRA into my life and led me to Kelly and the ministry here. And I kind of was just acquired. Um, (laughs) It wasn't really, you know, I signed on for this and just, okay, you've got these skills. Here you are. We're going to put you to work, you know? Um, But it is, it's the now what that I've been praying about for so many years of like now, you know, we're working with survivors and we're teaching them everything from cooking skills and cleaning skills to emotional coping skills with DBT and CBT skills and how to handle your emotions and to, you know, deal with the traumatic memories that come up as they come up instead of turn into drugs and alcohol or, you know, sexual encounters or whatever advice you know, they may have had other coping skills that weren't healthy. Um, as well as a physical trying to, you know, homeopathic remedies as opposed to pharmaceuticals. And so it's really cool that now, you know, my prayer has been, well, now what, Father? What Once they're off the streets and once they're off drugs, now what? To being a part of that now what and taking a total approach to healing, you know, spiritual, physical and emotional.
0: So just a quick follow-up question and and I, I know this is personal, but I, I feel released to to ask you this, Brandy. Um you've been out of this for a while, you've been helping people for a while, and just as as part of your testimony, do you know your worth now?
4: Absolutely. Um I, and my life story has been an open book. I share whatever needs to be shared. The fathers, you know, remove shame. It, as in telling your testimony, it's by the word of our testimony that others are set free. But we, too, are set free in sharing our testimony because that shame and guilt that you feel and you're like, oh, I can't tell. I can't tell. The more you tell it, the more that shame and guilt comes off of you. So I my life story and my history is a complete open book. Um, I see the father using that in multiple ways, um, but it's just I, it, I it's just you know don't feel you know feel free to ask me whatever question um regarding my in my story uh my open book but
2: Brandy, i have a question for you because i think people sometimes don't realize you know I, i'm going to call you know some of some of my friends normies right so that number one they don't realize this exists and then they don't realize like how When you just said um earlier that you know the churches said they weren't prepared for this well nobody's ever prepared okay first of all so stop yourselves in the whole preparedness okay so the way to get prepared is this brandy what can we do what can what can a normal person do to help someone like you get back on their feet
4: um volunteer volunteer i mean that doesn't mean that you're going to be put in a prayer room dealing with demonic manifestations or anything it can be as simple as come teach a cooking class come teach someone how to balance a checkbook and budget their money it i mean any get involved to whatever level or whatever skill the father has given you because all of us have different qualifications and all of us have different skills so i may not have the skill set that you have but you bring whatever to the table and offer it because i mean it's we've had clients come in that had to be taught how to shower at 18 years old. Push. A lot of them need to be so taught how to shower. Hygiene. I mean, it's any skill set, anything that we call that normal thing that we got growing up. Like your your parents teach you how to dress and they teach you how to bathe. They teach you how to brush your teeth. They teach you how to eat. All of those skills, that they we have survivors that don't have them. So those people that feel like they're not qualified, you have some place in this, in this walk of healing journey with them, whether it be, you know, a teaching them how to cook and clean or getting involved in the spiritual. If you know how to, you know, DBT and CBT skills, there's multiple ways. Okay. So you have clerical skills. We have administrative work. I promise you there's somewhere that you've you can fit in
2: and they can can also come and teach you guys at the same time, how to do it.
3: it, it Just being a friend. So many of them need a friend, somebody that they can trust to just talk to them. Um, they're very lonely. They were very isolated and a lot of them had to leave their whole families and everything they knew to come here and they have to cut it off too, because often the family and stuff is involved in it. So they're very lonely.
4: And that's not to say that they're gonna, that's not trauma processing. They need people that will have normal everyday conversations with them about the weather or where they went or a TV show or whatever, and not necessarily geared towards trauma.
0: So, So I want to get into some of the commonalities that you go through and then some of your processes. But on that point of volunteers and someone who's coming in, uh, you know, going to come in as a friend you would have to have a screening process or yep. a safe environment for that to facilitate because obviously there could be some real creepos who want to come in and <laughs> re-victimize. So I, I wanted to state that for the public record. Right. Uh, you yes. do have something like that, right?
4: Yes. under um, On our website, undertake Action, you can sign up to volunteer. And from there, you'll go through an online training. If you are coming to the office or anywhere with our survivors, you go through a background check. So we do check backgrounds and then we build a relationship with you before we expose our survivors to someone Mm -hmm. so that we understand and have a good feel of like who you are and what you stand for. That one that you've been through a a prayer session and are sealed up and able to interact with our survivors without jeopardizing yourself or them.
3: Yeah, I actually require them to go through a a prayer session or multiple with me before they would get involved too close to any survivor.
2: Well, I Thank think God. people don't people also don't realize too that when you're working with survivors or addicts of any kind, it's not always money. You can't just throw money. It's not yeah. about no, the money. We, like,
3: <laughs> we yeah. do need
2: that. Yeah. And you know, is expensive. What I'm saying is <laughs> like, you know, people want to just see like uh, you know, a, a, a homeless person or a drug addict on the street and you know that says that they're hungry or whatever you it's not about just giving money it's about making sure that you're going through the right processes so i'm encouraging people that if you are the type of person to give the twenty dollars to the homeless guy on the street corner Mm -hmm. that you actually go through an organization like yours so that things are vetted and you're not just buying more drugs for the person because that's too. You know, I've been in experiences where I've tried to help people and they do go back to either like wealthy families who are just going to throw money at them. And, you know, they don't realize that, um, you know, the brother's driving a, you know, an old car for a reason, you know, or maybe the family has actually cut them off because they've realized that they, you know, that money is not the way. Um, So it's important. Yeah.
0: Yeah, money can also destroy people. It can help people. It can destroy people. So putting it in the hands of a a ministry who will steward it properly, and I hope you steward it properly. Uh, I'm sure you do. But, uh, you know, that is definitely a, a good thing. And, you know, I've always lived by the premise of you see a need and go to the need. And that's why when uh, and I and I get it. Not uh, churches can't do everything, I, and I do understand that. But I'll tell you, my blood boils when I hear those responses, and and that churches don't even address that this exists. Um, just a pet peeve. That's that's my own thing. But tell me a little bit about the commonalities because you have uh, you know just regular, I don't want to say regular, but it is regular because at least one in four women, uh, statistically are sexually abused and if they say that statistically i'll bet you the number's higher than that but one yeah. in four is what they say but then but then there's the uh the the satanic ritual abuse that you see but is there commonalities between those uh what what it, by the way it all comes from the enemy so right. let's right. just call it what it is it's satanic right
3: right um there's there is commonality, particularly when you're you get into the depths of SRA um, and I would just mention that um, that statistic that you you stated, um, I know it is one in three for women and one in six and men, but that's what is reported next to nobody reports because of the way the enemy manipulates, they can make you think that um, you'll lose your family if you do, they'll kill somebody if you do, you know, or it's just out of fear. And so nobody, next to nobody reports. So you can double, you can double that number. But the commonality is um, gosh, there's so much is it goes down to the root of the broken family often. But then on top of that, a lot of the families that may even be together, a lot of them, their um, allegiance isn't to, you know, the Lord there's bloodlines and sometimes all they know is what they learned. And unfortunately, um, SRA is often a generational thing where it's, you know, one family after another, after another. So it can be different. It can, the sexual abuse can just be the stepfather, the teacher, you know, things of that sort. And it's still going to be, the wounding is going to affect them their whole life. But when you get into some of the, um, the depths that we get into often it it is the enemy's plan to build his body. Just like Jesus is building his body. This is the enemy building his body. Um, and for the ultimate, you know, end times, um, and they, they start abusing traumatizing a lot of them in the womb so that they go through major trauma in the womb and split in the womb. And then from there, you know, the minute they're born, they start in on um, using them, testing them, having them go through various tests to see how they will use them, what position they'll put them in um, within the enemy's army. Um, Whether it be you're going to be a breeder and produce more children, whether it's you don't have a lot of skills. So we're going to use you for sacrifice or you have made it through all the testing. So you are very gifted. So you are going to be one of the generals, you know, different things of that sort. That's, that's where the, this whole end game goes to. Um, but in terms of using the sex thing, I mean, that's something that was very sacred to Yeshua. You know, he wanted it to be between man, a gift for man and woman within a sanctified relationship and to produce life and good life and so the enemy you know wants to take that and destroy that and he thinks that he can build a better human than yeshua can
0: and you've actually had survivors come through your organization uh that have been part of these breeder programs i I know of one story of, you know, someone who was chained to a pipe for like 15 years. Like these are horrific situations that you guys have actually dealt with. And can, so, I and I only mention that for the fact to say, listen, they they this Warrior Bride Ministries has experience and you're not gonna shock them with your story. And, you know, if you are a survivor, Uh, The website is warriorbrideministries.com and uh, please, please, please reach out uh, to them. And and by the way, reach out to me and I'll hold them accountable as well to make sure, you know, but uh, please do reach out.
2: Well, you know, the other thing that you ladies are going to have to somewhat watch out for, and I'm just saying this, especially being in the Atlanta area. Uh, my mom actually reminded me of our friend, Angela Williams. She's, she has Angela Williams ministry. Now I don't know if you know her, but she had a project called voice today um, that because she was actually a victim of, of SRA and other things as I understand it. But her ministry was unknowingly, she wanted to, she was looking to expand and of course you need money to expand. So she needed board members, right? Well, little did she know that her board members that were coming on Jeff were actually from the Catholic church and they ended up taking over her entire ministry.
3: Yeah. So, that's actually the ministry I was with for 10 years and okay. I know it very well. I was with her from the beginning to the end. So I, I know the story.
2: I told well. you that. It's, it's awful. Yeah. That, of what happened to it and so and i say that because my mom literally sent me a post-it note because i'd completely forgotten about it and she's like make sure people don't give to that ministry because they're now owned by the catholic church so they're really going to oh,
3: see in- what you're saying yeah. yeah from the one that yeah. took it took it so over you guys
2: yeah i was, was
3: involved in all that it was not it was so sad. But that is something we have to watch is the infiltration and the enemy is going to try every way he can. And, you know, luckily, the Lord has given us a lot of experiences like that so we can yeah. try to watch.
2: But well, it doesn't feel know about it because I'm glad that you know about it, because I was going to say, like, I'll put you in touch with her to make sure you don't make the same mistakes because it was a vast mistake. She was, she was very outspoken, was pretty much traveling everywhere. And this has been 20 years ago, Jeff, speaking about this. So it's very hard for people to even understand then. And um, it was really kind of wiped out from underneath of her, like very quickly after she realized what was happening. So just watch out for those bad board members and the money.
3: Yes. Yes. I, and I understand. Um, I know exactly what she did that of that, and so I've put um, boundaries up in terms of that. Um, but you still have to watch everything yeah. because the enemy is very sneaky. Yes.
0: Now, do you also, just to, because you had given out some statistics, Kelly, uh, do you also work with men to Absolutely. help them overcome?
3: Yeah, I actually even work with families or we do um, because if I can get the man in here first, um, and then the, then the uh, wife and then the child, it starts breaking off automatically because he's the covering, he's yes. the head. And so if you can get that, like if they're willing, it's all about the will, if they're willing, which a lot of men aren't, unfortunately though, it takes a lot of men out. I know men that kept that secret bottled up and they died young. Um, you gotta get it out. Um, but those who are willing, I'd love to start with a man first and then the wife and then the children.
0: Excellent. And so tell me a bit about the processes. Uh, you know, someone comes in regardless of their story, um, whether they filled out a form or they walk in your door, uh, what, what is their path to really overcoming this? Can you describe it to me, please?
4: Yes. For our, um, our complex trauma survivors with dealing with like the DID and the SRA, we bring them in. And for the first three months we spend with them, we teach them coping skills through the CBT and DVT. We teach them boundaries. You gave some
0: abbreviations there and you've mentioned them a couple of times. I have no idea what they are.
4: Sorry. It's dialectical behavior therapy and cognitive behavior therapy. So it, it, it causes them to stop and And like, well, at first it's after they've reacted out of emotion and and you know erupted or whatever then they go in we teach them how to stop and look at their actions and what they could have done differently what they were feeling why they were feeling it maybe if there was a lie that they believed and to be able to stop and analyze their behaviors before they act out or their thoughts and say okay this is not who i am and i'm not going to react this way but to act instead of react in circumstances that are triggering how to stay grounded after they're triggered because a lot of different different things can trigger, trigger our survivors. Everything from communion and the Lord's prayer to a man in a uniform can trigger them so that we teach them how to handle those triggers in a more healthy and appropriate way. Um, we go through and do like a family tree and then analyzing like repetitive things that they may see in their family, different dates or birthdays or names that may you know flag something. Um, We work with them on self-care and their identity and maturation and, you know, taking them because part of the the biggest step is bringing them to a, a mature level in order to even go into the spiritual healing. So we kind of spend the first three months laying that foundation with our survivors. And then we start with like trauma work, memory work and spiritual work. And it goes on from there, depending on the severity of the trauma. It can be anywhere from 18 months to years, years and years. I mean, it just depends on the trauma and the the progress that they make. Each client is different. It's not like, oh, I've checked this mark off, I've checked this mark off, and I've moved to the next, you know, step. It's are you learning these skills? Are you adapting to these skills? Are you utilizing these things before they progress into their
3: healing? And we do start with the scripture our Bible study right away yes. as well yeah that's, good, I mean, that's
4: a found that's a uh, figure that's kind of goes without saying, but Yeshua is, you know, the only way to heal. The father is the healer, you know, so without him, we can't even really move forward until they've received and accepted Yeshua as their Lord and savior and recognize Yahweh as the creator of the universe. But we still, you know, establish those skills with a biblical background.
0: Now, do people have to be in like your Georgia area directly to to be helped by you or to even volunteer?
3: No, we actually minister um, around the world and there are, you know, everything is so technology based these days that um, people can do things when they're not here. They can do um, promotions, they can do emails, they can do, um, they can set up um, a conference for us to come talk and teach because that is one of the things we also do is have programs where we go into churches and teach them or into groups and teach them and sometimes people will call us because they have somebody within their congregation that they don't know what to do for and so we'll go in and we'll um we'll help the person and we'll teach them at the same time of this is what you should do kind of thing um so there's different things you could do and even just be a friend online sometimes, you know, for some of the people.
4: I was going to
2: ask too, if there are people out there that maybe have extra computers or extra phones or old phones lying around, I mean, are those, is that a need that you guys have?
3: Yeah, because what we do is we, um, for those who enter into our um,
2: intensive
3: intensive program, we do take their phones and stuff because um, a lot of triggering, you know, they'll, they'll, Trigger them
4: contact with
3: family. in contact with family, and just a whole lot goes on through those phones. And yeah. if you're somebody that is programmed or something like that, we have to take those away. So, but you know, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll um, give them something that is much more blank, that's just for emergencies or just for um, music that we upload or, or something like that. So but then even the ones that aren't in our intensive sometimes you know a lot of times broke people are broke so until they get on their feet they need a phone maybe yeah. they don't have the same issue so it depends
2: what about jobs in the atlanta area do you need do you need them to be able to you know do you need to be a, like a like a job board that i mean do you need people to send you posts yeah.
3: Depending on which program they're in, we have three different programs right now. The first one we call Wounded Warriors. And that's one where I just meet with you however many times, it's five times or, or whatever you need, um, and then you're ready to go. But maybe you still, whatever we did during that time was keeping you from flourishing in life. And so, yes, they may need something. And then we jump to the next program that's about a year to 18 months or so. And they're more outpatient where they live on their own and come in. And in that scenario, yeah, they, they need to pay for uh, their place, their residence and stuff, unless we're lucky enough to um, have sponsors, which we really need is people to sponsor individual survivors so that they can, um, they can be in this program. Okay. Yeah. So they can focus on their healing. And then we have the really intensive, which is where we really need um sponsors, and really homes that would be willing to um, embrace them and let them stay there while they went through the the program, so. And do you also help the
2: sponsors, like, understand what they need to do for the person? Like, in other words, you know, like, you know, like, it's not that the person's not going to be normal when they come out, but like, you know, like, hey, watch out for X, Y, and Z. And here's really what they need. And this is what would help them the most. Like, in other words, you know, just making sure they get up to go to work and making sure that they, um, you know, like, let's just say the the sponsor may say, oh, you have to pay a hundred dollars a month just so that they get, you know, they get acclimated to what it's like to pay a bill, right? Because
4: that that comes that comes down the line like once because when they come in and it's intensive healing, we generally tell them not to plan on working because they need to be focused on learning the skills and and gaining the the skills and all to operate in a normal manner. But then as they progress, then through the phases of each program, having a job and keeping a schedule and all that does become part of it. But initially that's not the case.
2: Yeah. So what, what is it like for Let's just say you have a sponsor. Let's say, you know, I've got an empty basement in North Georgia and I'm willing to like, you know, fix up a room in my empty basement for and sponsor a person to live in my empty basement.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What, would what, what, what should a sponsor expect?
3: I think it could depend on what um, us matching it up to what they're willing to do, because some are willing to embrace them and their family. And some are willing just to provide a space so depending on we would want to match it up to what you're willing to do and what you know which person would be okay with just a space and they don't need you to embrace them in their family so we would do a um, process to uh, match some
2: really need to be embraced in in the family and and have i mean obviously they're probably the majority of them need that i would say right? right
4: Yes, absolutely. I believe that attachment and community is key to mm-hmm. our survivors healing because that's something that they never had. And so in order to fully embrace healing and love and be secure, they absolutely need that community and attachment, healthy attachment.
2: So what is it like in in most cases like for a drug addict, sometimes they they say like, you know, like after they go through their course, you know, of you know, and, and come get clean, they really don't want the drug addicts to go and live together afterwards. Right. You know, yeah. Like, you know what right. I'm saying? Cause they're afraid exactly. they're going to get right back on drugs. So,
4: mm.
2: you know, um, is that the same situation with the people you guys are dealing with? Or is that, are they, once they're clean, they're clean. I mean, I have no idea. That's the reason I'm asking.
3: Everybody's unique, I would say. And so much of it is based on their will what they're willing to do and how much are they willing to push forward? Are they going to get just part of their healing? Are they going to get all their healing? They're going to get three quarters. What are they, what are they willing to work for, to do? Um, and in terms of having them together, you know, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, in my ideal world, I'd have a bunch of little tiny houses in a community, but until the Lord provides that, um, we have to do the best we can, which means for those people that are willing to embrace somebody, place them there. When somebody is willing to give a basement, place them there. We do have a house or two that um, that we would have house, let's just call it house parents and have a few of them there. But then, you know, the boundaries and the rules have to be really strict. We're evolving and we're learning all the time and we're doing um, kind of the best we can with a very hard situation. But... I think that what we can't do is not do anything.
2: Right. Oh, absolutely. And I was just trying to, you know, encourage people that maybe have, yeah. you know, I know a lot of people that have an empty basement, you know, maybe right. their children have gone on and it's like, I, I kind of look at it, you know, now, you know, my husband and I live in 800 square feet in Miami. So I, it's not that I'm trying to say to my friends out there with these massive homes that all their children have moved off, that they should, load up the entire home. Yes, you are, Christy. (laughs) See, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) So I, I am encouraging them to give it a shot if, you know, to to try to embrace someone because I do think that there's, you know, cause most of these people that I'm even thinking of right now, they have businesses. They could put the people to work, you know, right. I'm like, so do they have to have a job or can the person like take them on as an intern? Like, those are questions that I know a lot of people would have. It's like, you know, yeah. a lot of people are like, well, I'm busy. And I don't, I don't want to give my, I'm already having to, you mean, you expect me to pay them and feed them and give them a place to stay? Or can I just, give them a place to stay, feed them, you know, three square meals a day and train them how to do something. I mean, is that something that people could do?
3: Everybody is different. Everybody what they can offer, but anything would help. Like sometimes if you're just willing to give a basement, we can work with that.
2: You don't have this checklist of requirements that's like a mile long that like the person, the sponsor must do, right?
4: and well and then it goes back to one of my core beliefs is it's all in building relationships so we would never necessarily want to put a survivor in a home where we don't know the people we don't have some sort of relationship and in that relationship we try to equip them there's resources that we have that we suggest you know that if you're going to have a survivor living in your house we read these two three books here that's going to give you an idea of what you're stepping into what you're what you can expect and how to handle it, how to deal with it. And then we're always here, you know, with the people that have opened their homes. If there's an issue, then bring it here and we'll all address it openly and figure out a solution and figure out how to move move forward in a healthy manner. And that's going to work for everyone.
2: Are there certain jobs that you guys have figured out that kind of work best for survivors or is it kind of all over the map? Like, is it a factory job that works best? Is it a clerical? Like, I mean, skill set wise, what do the people typically, I know, I know everybody's different, but on a typical basis, what what is like the best case scenario?
3: I think it depends on um, where they are in their healing. Like a lot of them that are working that are with us will do Instacart because they, um, it's very flexible, right? Yeah. but. As they get their healing, what you'll find is a lot of these overcomers are very, very intelligent and very capable just because of what the enemy did and his trying to prepare them for his side. When the Lord redeems them and flips them to his side, they are very intelligent and okay. are very capable. So it's it's a huge, huge gamut there.
2: Okay. That's good to know. So they, the, the, a lot of them have cars and they're already functioning, and they're obviously capable of doing grocery shopping if they're Instacarting.
3: It's all it's all over the place. I mean, everybody's it on
2: where they're at. Yeah,
3: it, it just depends.
2: Listen, and felt- for other people is not easy. I'll just say it's not easy. To it, it's not as easy as people would think. Listen, every time I use Instacart, my Instacart <laughs> orders messed up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah.
2: If they have good ratings on Instacart, I think that's saying something for the people
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. out there. <laughs> well, often, the, often they have a part within themselves that is um, very functional okay. in those ways. And so um, it just, it depends on where they are. And sometimes they could have been functioning really, really well. Mm-hmm. And then for circumstances or the Lord has determined, now is the time for you to him. So he breaks down what the enemy built to build up what he intended or intends. And, uh, so it depends on where that is
0: too. Right. You know what? I I think that's kind of the perfect place to start wrapping this up is God actually really does come down and supernaturally start to heal these uh, heal people. And he can heal you even in the audience of maybe if you haven't even been through anything like this, but you have just, you know, every, every one of us has scars uh, Yeshua really does care about you. He knows how many hair you have on your head. You know, he knows how many grains of sand are in this world and he cares about the, uh, the little things in your life too. So yeah. if you don't know him, please, please get to know him, start reading your Bible, get involved with things. But, uh, let's just, uh, before we wrap up and, and, uh, well, first of all, I want to say that, uh, I have studied the Lord's Word for you know a couple decades with a focus on stewardship. and so I actually do courses on uh, biblical uh, household budgeting, things like that, money and management. Uh, I've been consulting with small business and stuff like that and I would I'm going to I would if you if you're open to it, I will deliver a couple different level courses that will be no charge that your survivors can take and really equip them uh, for moving on when they're ready to graduate.
3: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, that's wonderful.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do it specifically with them in mind. So not what I have online right now, but I'll do something very special for them that really lays down a foundation. I'll give a simple and advanced teaching of Uh, of the same thing, and you can decide which one to send a person through.
3: Thank Um,
0: you. So just uh, can we get final thoughts before we wrap up here?
3: Sure. Our final thoughts? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) um, That
4: healing is possible, that it's not hopeless. There's always hope. As long as you have breath in your lungs, there's always hope. I don't care what you've been through, what you think that you are carrying. You can always lay it down at the foot of the cross. And there's always hope and healing. And don't give up.
0: Amen. Don't give up.
3: That's right. And I would say that um, he is the answer. If you do not know him, he is the answer for everything you're going through. But also, he's always used his body, men and women, to to execute his plans. And so we cannot let fear, we cannot let um, the unknown keep us from rising up at this time and doing what he needs us to do as his body and his his army and his bride. And so we invite you to to join us at Warrior Bride Ministries. And take the position that he has called you to.
0: Amen. Christy.
2: Fear is the, the enemy's greatest weapon. Any sign of fear or taking away your God-given breath, your light, or your life is not the way to go. I agree with these ladies 100% wholeheartedly. And I want to encourage anybody out there who either can be a sponsor, who has product, who has maybe food, who has a place to reach out to them um, and give them a chance and give them a chance to help the surrounding community. um, Offer your expertise as well, because they may need that as well. You know, because anytime you're starting up a business, especially a nonprofit, it's a very difficult thing. And it's it's not a fun thing, really, but there is a need that needs to be fulfilled that obviously the church has done a really bad job of doing. And I'm going to say a bad job because it should have been done underneath the covering of the church, but it hasn't. Um, So if you're a pastor of any church out there, um, I also encourage you to reach out to Warrior Bride Ministries to see if maybe there could be a partnership created.
0: Well, the church is changing, and that's why we've been doing this Acts Bible study every Sunday, because we're seeing the reformation of the original church and getting back to preaching the resurrection and people really understanding what the, to be born again is. It's more than uh, my testimony. I was bad and then I'm good. You know, it's, it's like way more than that, because you're never going to be good. Uh, it's the resurrection of Jesus, and uh, he can resurrect your life for sure as well. Warrior Warriorbrideministries.com is the website. Listen, uh, we're just brand new in relationship here, but I've read all through their website, and I've heard some other testimonials of their work. Uh, so I'm suggesting it's a really good thing. And as they've suggested, if you have a talent, if you have something, it doesn't always have to be money. It could be something else, you know, as christy so rightly mentioned maybe your company has a product that that is good that can help some of these people uh use your imagination you know the, the when the lord saw a need he just went to the need mm-hmm. yeah. and this, this is there's a big need here folks we ran some statistics and and i agree with kelly it's uh it's far higher than any statistic out there because uh, there's a lot of people who would never Come forward, and it's so common, and it's so damaging to people's lives. Uh, like, uh, look, I'm I'm new to this. I, I've I've never. But there was actually an attempt to sexually uh, get at me, but I ran out of there and I I escaped. There was one attempt, but I've never experienced this, so I I don't have firsthand knowledge. But I've had so many people, even in my personal life, that have been affected by this. And they hide it. and and you know, as Brandy said, you know, some of them go into stripping. they go into because they they, they they just think of their body as a thing and 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 that's just one aspect of it. There's all kinds of different abuses. there's and it it's so prevalent. And I'll tell you, the Lord abhors this stuff. And we want to walk with the Lord. And I'm telling you, The Lord sees a need. He goes to the need. Maybe he's talking to you today as well. Uh, I want to thank both of you, uh, Brandy and Kelly, uh, for being here with us. Uh, WarriorBrideMinistries.com is the ministry. Thank you, Christy. And remember, we'll see you next time on Right On Radio. In the meantime, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself and Christy.
2: Make a difference in your community and call Warrior Bride Ministries.
0: <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you, to listener, for being here as well. We'll see you next time.
2: Thank
3: you for having us. Setting out in twos, and I don't think that they really can troll. You did really so, well,
2: ladies. Really,
4: what was that? Say so what?
2: I said you did really well.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
2: It was actually very informative.
3: Oh, good.
4: We've it, done a few, and we've learned from our mistakes. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, sometimes we try to be a little guarded, but like with the details of survivor <clears throat> stories and stuff, because I know it's you know I don't want to necessarily re-exploit anyone's story, but the you know the public needs to know the things that are happening. So. Yes,
0: our audience is very sympathetic to this stuff. Uh, we've gone uh, literally, we've explored the depths of hell on this broadcast and and exploited it and. To the point when you know i just can't look at it anymore i just you know
2: right and i'm Um, sorry to have brought up the angela williams thing but i wanted to make sure that anybody that my mom or i had told to donate to them in the past knew that that ministry had been overtaken
3: yeah well it's interesting that you you know small world right Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's interesting It it was the ministry that i served at for so long
2: yeah so she served there yeah. yeah, I was
3: actually, I was actually, um, uh, um
2: come over and let's look at it. my mom. My mom actually used to, used to come there to the ministry to work. So the the
1: hey there. Hey. <laughs> what's your name? I'm, I'm Pamela Reeves. I worked huh? with Angela for many, many years. I was part of the, yeah. found, the founding ministry. Yeah.
3: yeah me too. I'm Kelly Holly. Do you remember my name? I was a director of a lot of the weekends healing weekends, but I was around forever. I remember, I recognize your name.
1: Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I was probably in the kitchen. Do you know Deborah Griggs? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's my sister. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's, she's
3: something else, huh? Broke the mold after her.
1: She <laughs> <laughs> sure did. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah.
1: We, had, we had some weekends, but yeah, I was telling Christy, when you were, when you were mentioning the money, Look, this I was mean, the message I got. Know.
2: Make sure that they know that the voice today sounds like this was voice today bought by the Catholic Church.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: So sorry. Sh- well,
1: it, Kelly, you know they they wanted to shut it down. Oh yeah, because Angela's type A personality. Yeah, and and you know she was a go getter, and she always wanted people on the money on the board with money that had money. Right. Right, the money. I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) watch out for the Catholic Church. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and they also tell you what you can do and what you can't do.
3: Exactly. Some people think I'm a little paranoid about it, but I've also been through it a few times. It's a very common thing for them to come in and and try to take it over once you get going a little bit because, um, you know, they see an opportunity and they don't want the Lord's work to.
2: Right. Well, were
1: you in the, were you in the ministry when they came and kicked uh, Angela out of the out of Are her own office?
3: Yeah. I was one of the only ones, me and um, Lauren. You must know Lauren Cook, right? You know Lauren? And
1: Polly <laughs> was Polly still living in
3: there? Oh, you know Polly's not doing well.
1: I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know.
3: yeah unfortunately. But yeah, uh actually Angela just sold me my house a year ago too on top of it yeah
1: she's back in real estate (laughs) full force (laughs) yeah exactly
2: I've tried to get her I've tried to get her on to tell her story and she's she doesn't want to go back into
1: it she was she was totally traumatized by the Catholic church honestly you know
3: traumatized it was actually traumatizing for me as well like um it just gets very confusing, like who's doing what, and mm-hmm. they're just so uh, mm-hmm. conniving. Like mm-hmm. you don't know what's real, you know. They, no. they have a lot of stories, and they—I don't. I'm know sure you've read book Particularly hard with her, but I, it was a hard time for me too. Just to... it was a hard time for Lauren, hard time for a lot <laughs> of us that were there from yeah. the beginning.
4: Yeah, especially
2: yeah. so when you're there to really do the work <clears throat> and not to. To be a part of the Catholic um, control.
3: Hold on, just a minute.
2: Okay.
1: Well, it's nice meeting yeah. you, Kelly. It's nice meeting oh, it's you, nice meet
3: you, again. Meet you, as well. I'll
1: tell Angela I
3: um,
1: you. Yeah. that <laughs> <And how laughs> Yeah, fact, exactly. In fact, I might just send them Deborah and Angela this recording. Yeah, that's the reason out. I was doing a yeah, call out for yeah. the
2: people to switch and help
1: you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah do, you no know, do you know Bruce Steele? City of Refuge. Christy probably went
2: over all that. No, I you. didn't. I didn't go
3: over anything. I know City of, um Well, actually, and Brandy just stepped out. This is where she's a little better at it. But I think some of them split. and Now it's Frontline, and um, but anyways, we've been talking to Jeff Shaw, who's over the part that's called frontline now. Okay. But but they're like sister they they did some splitting and some renaming and stuff like that. So um were, actually, were out
2: too? Do you think they I were bought out so. too? I don't, I don't think so.
3: I, don't, I don't think it was no. I think it was just I don't you know. What? They're asking about um what one did you ask about out of darkness is that the one you well, about asked about of city of refuge city of refuge.
1: refuge. Ruth and rhonda huh.
3: When I was
4: with Out of Darkness, we did utilize them a lot of times. When Out of Darkness would rescue a woman, they would keep them for about two weeks in order to transition them mm-hmm. to a long-term rehab or a rehabilitation center or home or whatever. And mm-hmm. so we did work with them, but I haven't been with Out of Darkness in that capacity for probably about four or five years.
3: So Frontline was connected with them at some
4: point. Well, Frontline was Out of Darkness. They changed their name. It went from Out of Darkness to Frontline, or is it Frontline Response now? I don't know. It messed me up when they changed their name. (laughs) But we worked with, um, we would send our girls to Wellsprings and to... um, I mean, there was all kinds of places all over the state of Georgia and then through Tennessee and Kentucky and, you know, just whatever. As the ministry grew, they built relationships with other ministries that were, you know, more outstretched that we could send. you guys our run team.
2: into any organizations, and I should have asked this on camera, but maybe that hopefully there aren't any, that have trafficked? Like, in other words, other organizations that are claiming to be helpers that that basically are a part of the trafficking system?
4: Mm-hmm. I I have I have heard of that happening I personally do not know firsthand whether or not but i have absolutely heard of organizations that were that were trafficking women that they were rescued or whatever
2: if you you hear of that happening let us know so that we can report on it so that we can let people know immediately i mean that's the reason i actually chose the 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 voice today because i thought if people i know a lot of mom's friends used to give to Mm -hmm. voice today so i Mm -hmm. thought maybe they'll it was just good it was just god's timing to like hey switch your money.
3: Right. You have to watch it though because the enemy will send in people just to infiltrate and to mm-hmm. discredit and to do all these things. So mm-hmm. unless I know for sure, I'm not saying anything because I know the way the enemy works. Yeah. And yeah. it's very it's very hard to maneuver, especially as yeah. Yeah.
2: So
3: I'm not saying anything unless I know for sure.
2: Yeah. Understood.
3: But we appreciate you. Thank you so much. If we can uh, work together in any other way, please just let us know. Yeah.
0: Well, you've got my number and my email as well. And uh, I will re-record those courses and do it specifically for your people. And then uh, we'll find a way uh, to get it to each and every
3: one. Thank you so much. That That's very needed. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, ladies.
2: Amen. Thank you for all that you're doing.
3: All right. God bless. Okay, god uh, right bless take care